Let's open our Bibles, 1 John chapter 2, please. 1 John chapter 2, we'll pick it up where we left, where we left off. Last time we talked about knowing Him, knowing uh, Jesus and the Father. Uh, Jesus said, you know, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the Father, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And so this idea of knowing Him, do you really know Him? Truly knowing Him, not just knowing about God, but knowing Him personally, having a personal relationship with Him. This is, this is so crucial. This is, this is what makes the difference between religion and relationship, to really know God, to really know Jesus. Paul said it was the greatest thing ever in, in all of life. He says the, the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Everything else is like a loss in comparison to it. Uh, John tells us, in 1 John chapter 2, how do you know if you know? And he says, you know that you know him because your life is changed, because you follow, because you want to obey, you want to do what he says. That's how we know. We're following in his steps. We're doing, we're trying to follow, and, and, and Jesus is our great example. We're following after him. John says, you know, in 1 John chapter 5, that we obey his commands and his commands are not burdensome. In other words, they're not beyond our reach. And then it also says that, that he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us do that. That's important. We'll get to, we'll get to that near the end of this message. So someone, someone asked me, and, I, and it was, I already had considered this, so we're supposed to obey his commands. Well, which command? Which commands? Are we supposed to obey? Okay, I'll, I want to know if I know him. Am I obeying his command? Well, which command is that? Well, let's read 1 John chapter 3. This is ahead of, in the next chapter. This is his commandment, number one, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and number two, that we love one another just as he commanded us. So what is the command that isn't burdensome? It's that we believe and that we love. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in him. And we love. One person said the main principle of walking as Jesus walked is love. It's love. Now, this isn't just any kind of love, is it? In, 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 in the, the Greek New Testament, there's a, a, a word for love that is a, a special kind of love. Who knows what that word is? Agape. Agape. And agape, you know, you can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is the love chapter. You know, love is patient, love is kind, and, and, and all the things that are described there. But really, the, I think the, the heart of it is that it's an others-centered love. It's not a selfish love. It's an others-centered love. So this is the command. And, and, you know, how do you know if you know him? Number one, you believe, but you, but you also, you love. There's, there's something that's happening in your life. We're going to talk a, about that today. Let's, let's pick it up in verse 7 where we left off. Verse 7, cha uh, chapter 2 of 1 John. He said, Dear friends or beloved, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message that you have heard. So there was nothing new, uh, John's telling us. There's not a brand new command. It's not something new that you need to, to, to hear about, to know. 
And, and I think for you and I, and I've just described what the command is to believe and to love, we all know that. How many of you know that? You've heard that before, right? I mean, it, if you can see, it's right up on the wall back there. Have a look. What does it say back there? You can turn around. You already know. You don't have to look. Loving God and loving people. It's nothing new. This is something old. This is something you know ancient. It was, it was given a long, long time ago, way before John wrote these words, way before Jesus talked about it. As a matter of fact, in the book of Leviticus and the law, it said, it said this there in chapter 19, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So he said back in Leviticus as part of the law that we should love one another. Now, when the, when the man came up to Jesus and said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And that's kind of like the question, well, which commandment am I supposed to follow if I, if I am a true follower of Jesus? Which one? Because there's a bunch, right? There's a lot of commandments in the Bible. And so this guy said, well, which is the greatest? What's the most important one? What did he say? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. He said, this is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So this is found in Deuteronomy and as I just quoted out of Leviticus. These these commandments that we're to love the Lord our God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're to be characterized by love. If we're to follow in the steps of Jesus, isn't that what he did? Isn't that who he was? Later in John, it's going to tell us that God is love. So there's a sense that, that Jesus, uh, you know, was our example. But, but even way back before Jesus, this commandment to love the Lord our God and to love uh, our neighbors, ourselves, there's a sense that you and I, we, we, need, to, we need to obey. It, love isn't just a feeling, Right? Oh, I love you. I love, uh, you know, those cookies that you made me. Thank you, uh, Charlene. You know, it's not just that kind of love, right? It's, it's, it's a commandment to love one another. This is something we choose to do. To love. To obey what we already know. So it's an old thing. We all know it. Many of you said, yeah, I know that. I heard that. To believe and to love to love God, to love people, but, but boy, that sure sounds simple, doesn't it? That's just easy. I know all that. I'll do that. No problem at all, right? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> what does it go on to say in verse 8? It, it, it gets better. Verse 8, what does he say? He said, yet I am writing you a new command. What? He just said, I'm not writing you a new command. He says, but yet I am writing you a new command, and its truth is seen. Its truth is seen where? In Him. In who? In Jesus. And you. Not just in Jesus, but in in us as well. He says, because the darkness is passing, the true light is already shining. So, yeah, we're called to love, but, but, but... he, he says it's not new, but it is new. So what is new about it? What, what makes it new? 
Warren Wiersbe says this, it's, it's new in quality and character, not new in time. You see, Jesus brought it to a whole different level, didn't he? He says its truth is seen in him and it's seen in you. In who? In Jesus, his quality, his character, his emphasis, his example, all the things that, that Jesus you know, brought into this picture of what agape, what a love really is. And, and that love is, is the example that should be in us. Do people see that at all? That's a question, isn't it? Jesus said it in John 15. He said it twice, actually. John 15... Uh, he said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So again, that's bringing it to a whole new level. Not just love each other, but love each other as I have loved you. And so he's the, 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 the new emphasis, the new strength, the new quality of it. He, he said it earlier in John 13. He says this, a new command. He used that word, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. That's what the, the, the goal, that's what the, 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 you know, the, the place we're heading to is. This is where the, the next verse is where uh, it says this, by this, by what? All, by this love, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So, so that's interesting, isn't it? We will know ourselves that we are truly one of his disciples if we love one another, if we love God and love one another. But he says other people will know it as well. They'll look at you and say, wow, there's something about this, this guy, this girl, that there's some kind of a different, there's something different there. They're not perfect. Of course not. And we, we already talked about that. We're not going to do things perfectly, but, but is this the, the change? This is the direction of our lives, where we're going? John says it again in chapter 3, 1 John 3. He said, this is how we know what love is. He defines it, in other words. He says, and this is how we know. He says, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. That's the example. Laying down my life. Again, it's not a self-centered love. It's a others-centered love. Jesus came. He didn't come for himself, did he? He had it made. Why would he need to come here? He was, you know, in, in heaven enjoying the fellowship of the Father and, and the Holy Spirit uh, in, in all eternity. He had no need to come here. He came here for us. He came here to do something for us, for others. He laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. What does that look like? Maybe it means watering the... I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> that, was, that just slipped out. That was an accident. He says the darkness is passing. The true light is, is already shining. Jesus is the light of the world. And, and love brings this light, doesn't it? You know, uh, moving into the next section, I, I see these contrasts. And John, I think, John is kind of like this. He's like black and white. It's like one or the other. It's like, uh, you know, light or darkness, love or hate. And he kind of uses these pictures 
And, and he does that, and he's been doing that, and he, and he likes to do that, especially in the, in the, in the epistles here of 1st of, uh, and 2nd and 3rd John. Let's look at verse 9. He said, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. It's this contrast, isn't it? Someone who claims, and he's already used that phrase quite a bit. If you claim, you say, I'm this and I'm that or whatever, but claiming it is, is one thing, but actually what are you doing? How are you living? What kind of life do you have? He says, if you're claiming this, but you're hating, and it's a, it's a present tense verb that someone is hating, not I hated them a long time ago, but I don't hate them anymore, but is hating right now. You think about that, you know, this idea of hate. We, we, we use that term a little bit, right? And we call someone a hater. Ah, oh, that person's such a hater. I wonder if they, wonder if they say that about us. Oh, Pastor Richie's a hater. You know, this idea of hate, it's a very strong word, but again, John uses strong words. And it, and it has this idea of you know, someone who is angry, who has this bitterness inside, who has got this revenge and, 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 and this grudge, and there's like fixating on this. There's you know, things like that. Now, none of you ever feel like that. Is that true? Thanks. One person. But you were mad at me the other day. You know, what, what brings us to this place really is, is when people do some, you know, do things and hurt us or things don't go the way that we want and we're angry or we're, we're envious or jealous. You know, that stuff happens all the time in this world, doesn't it? The, the potential for this kind of thing happening is all around us, right? Is that true? Even the little things. I, you know, I went and bought something. You know, I don't only, you know, sell things. I buy things. And I bought something that I needed off of social media. I won't name the wicked sight. <laughs> but, you know, I went and got this. And it, and it, it is kind of my fault because I didn't look at it closely enough. It looked okay, but I, I should have looked closer. But I got home and I, and I realized... You know, he said it was new, and there's pieces missing, I, and I can't even find the pieces. They're not even available anywhere. And so, you know, I, you know, communicated back to the guy and said, you know, hey, the, this is, you know, there's, the pieces are missing. He says, you know, go get them here. And I said, you can't get them there. They're not available. And, and I said, you know, can I, can I bring it back? And he said, no, and then, and then blocked me. Wow. Right? Okay, I tell you this story because, you know, I had a choice at that point in time. Do I get, like, really angry and try to find this guy? Now, I went to his house. I know his address. I went to his house. And then, and then try to put this, you know, bad review about this mean, ugly, and, and, you know, I would have to, like, get myself pretty worked up into a state to do that, right? But the opportunity is there. And, and, and these things happen all the time. 
Somebody says something to you. Something, somebody does something to you. In, in uh, Leviticus, the verse before the one I quoted about loving your neighbor as yourself, he says this, do not hate your brother in your heart. But then he also says this, rebuke your neighbor frankly so you will not share in his guilt. So there is a sense that you know, we shouldn't be hating, but, but there are times we need to say what needs to be said too. And then he goes on to say, don't seek revenge, bear a grudge, love your neighbors yourself. There's wisdom about this, right? About this idea of love. Um, notice what he says here, whoever loves his brother lives in the light. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light. There's nothing in him to make him stumble. That's, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Notice he says, whoever loves who? His brother. Okay. We, Jesus said, love one another. Uh, the greatest commandment says, love who? Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So it's, it's kind of, it's really called to, to, to and Jesus loved everybody, right? And, and, and then, you know, we have to love our neighbor. Well, you know, you love your neighbor, but you don't got to see him all the time. I remember I had a, uh, an opportunity to, to, to really hate my neighbor. I really did. Because uh, we bought this house, right, and, and there was a car there, and the guy said, you can have that car. And I wanted that car. And then my neighbor comes over and starts clearing things out and, and hauls it over to his house. I go, what are you doing? He said, he, he told me that I could have it. I said, well, he told me I could have it. So I had this opportunity. I had to make a choice. What am I going to do? Am I going to hate him forever now and be angry at him and have a grudge forever? No, this guy is now a friend. You know, I had to let that go, right? And he's a good friend now. I go over there and borrow stuff from him all the time. He has every kind of tool you can imagine. Neighbors are one thing, but, but who is he talking about here when he says loves his brother? Who is he talking about? No? Brother? You know, in the bathroom over there. Have you ever noticed what it says on our bathroom doors over there? <laughs> that was there when we got here, just for you people who don't know. It says brothers and sisters on the door, right? So who is he talking about here? This word brother means, uh, it includes sisters, by the way, because it means literally from the same womb, Right? So we're, we're born again uh, by the Spirit of God. We're from the same, we're fellow believers in the same family. And so he's talking about in the church here. And you go, well, that's no problem. My neighbor, that's another story. That, you know, I'll work at that. But, but to love other believers, oh, that's, that's easy, right? That's what it says here. To live above with saints we love, oh, that will be glory. But to live below with saints we know, well, that's a different story. Isn't that the case, isn't it? He's, you know, and Jesus said, that's how they'll know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. 
And he's looking at believers. How do we treat each other in the church? In the church. I mean, it happens, right? We, we say things, we do things, and we don't mean it. Sometimes we do mean it. Uh, but stuff happens. And so what are we going to do about that? Are we going to forgive? Are we going to love? Are we going to make a choice? You know what? I'm going to let that go. Jesus didn't answer back when they you know, accused him of this and of that. First John 3, it says, we know that we have passed from death to life. Again, these contrasts from death to life. How? Because we love our brothers. That's how we know. That's how other people know. Anyone who does not re- love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Oh, I don't think anybody wants to be a murderer around here. And you know that no murderer has eternal life living in him. He says we're living in the light. There's nothing in him to make him stumble. There's this light that is connected with this love, caring about other people here in the church, in our fellowship, trying to help take care of one another. Even it might cost us some time or energy or resources. Let's finish up verse 11. He says this, But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. That's interesting. Usually usually we're blinded by light. But he's saying now that the darkness has blinded him. That's an interesting thing to think about when you're, you know, you go out to a place where it's very, very dark. You, you can't see anything and that the darkness is, is able to actually blind you. Your eyes are working, but you can't see anything. We have no idea. He says, he says that we, we, we can stumble. He walks around in the darkness. He doesn't know where he's going. The the darkness is blinding. There's this idea we can stumble. We can stumble ourselves and and stumble others when when these things uh, are allowed to take hold in our lives and in our hearts. Don't hate one another from the heart. Pastor Chuck said this, there is nothing so blinding as hatred. Nothing so blinding as hatred. When we get angry and we start to feel that kind of thing going on, it, it like we can't, you know, the, the phrase that says, you know, you're seeing red. You know, all that blood going in your eyes, I guess, maybe. You're seeing red. Pastor Chuck also said, it's very healthy to love people. It's very unhealthy to hate. He said, hatred and bitterness create chemicals that have a destructive effect upon your body physically. And that's true. When you get really angry and and angry at someone, do you know how you feel like that? And then it takes like a long time for that to go away because there's a chemical, you know, uh, what kind of chemicals are released? I forget the name of it. Adrenaline, but cortisone, all kinds of stuff are are, are being released in your, in your system. And, and, uh, it's destructive. It raises your blood pressure. It, you know, it, it, all kinds of things happen. But he also said this, love produces chemicals that cause you to glow. Isn't that cool? Cause you to glow. 
That's true when somebody loves somebody, you know, and oh, look at that, they're glowing. (laughs) And then they get married. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glowing right now because I'm embarrassed. But (laughs) oh boy. You know, that same word for blinded is, is used in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, where it says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So he, he doesn't blind them with light, but he blinds them with darkness. It's the same kind of thing. And, and so this hatred, this anger, this grudge, resentment, all these things, they blind us. They affect us. But his command is what? To believe and to love. To love God, to love one another, to love our brothers, to love our sisters. That's what he's called us to do. So, I, so, so as I mentioned last week, we go, well, how am I able to even do that? How is that even possible? If you knew me, you would know. And I do know some of you, and I know, like, yeah, that is pretty hard for them. <laughs> But, but thinking about yourself, you know, you don't always walk around and just say, oh, I love everybody. And if you say that, that's like not even true. I love everybody. Really? I could mention some names right now that would like set you off. And I won't do it because I'm not going to get political. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is we don't love everybody. And, 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 the answer is found in Galatians 5.22. And who, who can tell me what's found in Galatians 5.22? The fruit of the Spirit is love. And he goes on and kind of defines it really uh, in the rest of that verse. Uh, earlier in 5.20, he says one of the fruits of the flesh is hatred. There's a whole list there, but one of them in the middle of it is hatred. The fruits of the flesh, that's like natural for us. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Is love. I'll end with this illustration because I think, and I and I read about this, and it really, it, you know, it really struck me, and I think it's so true. You know, this guy John, who's writing these words, he's called the apostle of love. Right? Did you know that? Not just John the Beloved, but but in later years. In fact, they used to. The tradition tells us they used to bring him around when, and he's the only one that lived. You know, to the very, you know, he died a, 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 of old age. He's the only one of all the apostles. But they would carry him around and they would bring him into meetings and he would say, love one another. That's what he would say. I'm sure he said other things, but that's what he was known for. And he, he was called the apostle of love. But, but was John always that way? No. No, he wasn't. As, as a matter of fact, him and his brother James... What did they call them? The sons of thunder, they called them. Not the apostle of love, but sons of thunder. And, and, and there was a point in Luke chapter 9, it says they wanted to call down fire from heaven to destroy a whole village because they didn't do what they thought they should have done. Does that sound like love to you? Something happened, something changed, something, you know, this guy grew. And you and I are on a path of growth, hopefully. 
Well, we can grow in this area of love, and, and I think we're supposed to, and I think that we want to. God does, you know, did something, and, and I think you know, it, it began where John, you know, he calls himself the beloved, because he, not because he thought he was better than the other apostles, but because he knew that love from Jesus. So for you and I to really know the love of God in our lives, to know that love that he has for us, that's what's going to change us. That's what changed John, I believe. So, you know, rather than you going out of here saying, oh, you know, i got to love everybody, there's no way that's going to happen. I'm probably not even a believer. I'd rather you go out and say, wow, Look what Jesus did in the Apostle John's life. What can he do with me? That's the question. And I believe that he can do a lot. Because he's still working today. He's still working on me. Thank God. And he's still working on you too. His work isn't done. What does Philippians 1.6 say? Um, He who began a good work in you. He's faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So he's, he started a good work. He who started a good work will we'll finish it. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your awesome, incredible word, the, the word of God that uh, you have magnified even above your name as it, as it declares to us who you are and what you want to do. I am so so uh, dependent upon your word and what you want to say to each one of us, to me, to, to your family, to your people, Lord. You've called us to love. Help us, Lord. We confess that we can't. We just don't got it. We just don't, we just don't have it. It's just not there. But by your Holy Spirit, who you have given to us as a down payment and to live within us a down payment of heaven that that we can love. Help us, Lord, though. Guide us, teach us, strengthen us. Change us like you changed John, that we would be people of love and people would see us and go, wow, something different about that group of people. They love each other. I pray that our church here locally would be a place where love is. People would know it if they come here. Father, thank you for all your love for us. Thank you for Jesus who you sent to lay down his life that we might have life. And I pray too for any maybe who who don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you you can have him in your life right now and just ask him in. Say, Jesus, I, I'm lost. I, I, I need help. I need hope. And so I ask you in. Save me. Forgive me. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.